You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your host. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 159. My name is Rusty. Sitting opposite me, Plushy, welcome aboard. Thanks, Rusty. Yeah, no, no Andy tonight. Got rid of him. <laughs> you rage quit last. No, no. <laughs> so we'll get on. We'll get on to Andy shortly. But uh, how are you doing? Doing well, mate. It's been a while since I've been here. It Things has have changed. It's been a long time since you've been on the podcast. I reckon you've bought more cameras. <laughs> we have. Speaking <laughs> of cameras, Josh. Josh is here. I know you can see me tonight. It's, it's I can change. see you, but no one on no one no on, one else can. No one else can see you. <laughs> it's a difference. Josh's uh, his face remains a mystery to the podcast listeners. Yes, probably because we'll listeners that way. and they can't see us. Maybe the guys who watch on YouTube. Uh, maybe maybe we'll break something so he has to come around this side and uh, plug it back in or something. Well, in the other news, the podcast yeah. table's back. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you raise a really good point. We have a new and improved, upgraded podcast table. From the one that I broke uh, last time. So uh, we have now a full metal, like, girder-filled frame that's effectively pallet racking on wheels. Um, well, it, I, it I think there's a sticker on here that says rated to 2,000 kilos. <laughs> I think are, we're good. We're you good. are correct. We can perform all sorts of activities on this desk. No, we can't. They're banning <laughs> OnlyFans content. Oh, yeah. that's uh, Not until October. So right, get in um, quick. There's time. There's time. Make some money while you can. Now, you're speaking of OnlyFans, you're, you're, what are you drinking? <laughs> because it's got a, a dude with a killer afro on the front of it. If anyone, uh, there we go. Showing that up to that camera. Um, who is that? Is he you know? I, I'm not sure. Okay, it's local when it's by Little Bangs. But you're just uh, putting your mouth around someone's hair that you don't know. Basically. Not I mean, for the first time. Ginger, like, come on, there must be quality. <laughs> it is a ringer. <laughs> ringer Afro, that's it, mate. That's it. Very good. So Andy is, the true story is Andy's in quarantine. Mm. Although he potentially may be out at any moment. Uh, did, did they make an announcement yet or was there a time on it? Um, because the, the boys... A bunch of them went to uh, to Darwin, and we were going to go to Darwin. And oh yeah, I guess we got some explaining to do because we're not in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, so we were all set to go to Darwin. We were all set to go to Darwin for a week, like do a week drive. Oh, you you were bailing on that, but we we're going to do a week drive up. I think we covered that last time that we canned that, and we're just going to fly That's in right, and fly yeah. out because the the risk of uh, being away for an extended period of time is a bit too high. And the match went ahead up in Darwin with Butters at the helm. It dropped off as a PRS match because there, there was a t- too many people couldn't make it because of various lockdowns around the country. Sort of hit a threshold. So they, they decided to run as a club match, which I'm super glad they did because people need an opportunity to shoot. Yeah. Um, and by all accounts, it was an excellent match. I mean, not surprised the Darwin mob know how to run a match. Have you have you shot in Darwin yet? No, it's on my to-do list and I've bailed two years in a row now. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> About three re- years in a row, actually. Well, yeah. Yeah, first one was a bad injury. I mean, but they still had pretty healthy attendance. Yeah, 26, I think, ended up shooting. I could have had a number one off by a couple, but but around 26, 27, something along those lines, uh, which is which is excellent, which is really good. Yeah, there was a big a big South Aussie contingent. I think there was, there was almost 10 people, I think, from South Australia. I think went you're up. right. Yeah. Near on, yeah. I think... There wasn't many. You and I pulled out. Yeah. Uh, Dave Taylor and Nick and not many more, I think. Yeah, I think one or two others, yeah. yeah. But the, the, well, still quite a many. few crew were yeah. able to go up. But on the Monday of <laughs> uh, after the match, and so no doubt we'll, we'll hit Andy up for the for the match wrap-up next time round. And, of course, there's consequences because I didn't go. Uh, and yes. I, so I've probably got some guns to clean. So, I mean... I'm not. I'm just going to stop returning Andy's call. I think well, there were some photos that he sent <coughs> mid-match, and he probably could have cleaned his gun before he went. Oh, by the sound yeah. of things, <laughs> that's right. He had some problems there. But anyway, uh, so there's all those repercussions to come about. But um, uh, I thought we would. Uh, now I've completely lost topic of where we're going. But you're <laughs> you're here, and so we're going to talk about some other bits and pieces. We'll get the full breakdown of the match. Um, but yeah, those those guys were in quarantine. I think they all decided just to hang out together for a couple of days while they uh, yeah, were in that, quarantine. Uh, yeah, I think they had a, an empty house and they all decided to quarantine together. It was a pretty uh, a pretty nice thing to do to, for their families as well. There's quarantine some, together and not not make anybody else suffer. Well, this is true, and there's some amusing photos. Oh yeah, no, sorry. On the Monday, Darwin went into lockdown. That's the bit oh, we yeah. missed, isn't it? The actual <coughs> facts of what went down. Well, there was a, there's a there's a group chat for the guys that were going to go to Darwin, and yeah. I know you and I were very sympathetic in the group chat. <laughs> I, I, I think sure. I, I might have messaged you separately and go, geez, glad I didn't go to Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately Monday uh, Darwin went into lockdown. Of course, anyone, they backed out it to the 12th, so pretty much everyone who had 
team was affected in some way, which is obviously that you know part of the reason of, of cancelling as a PRS because you, you don't want to have. Yeah, there's always a challenge of that effect, mm. and we've been caught. You know, Josh and I have been caught by that not long ago, um, and yeah, so uh, so a number of them got caught. They were in good spirits, and the good thing is that Darwin got on top of it and and mm. uh, got out of lockdown. And therefore, the guy, you know, the, this crew won't have to do their full 14 days. They'll do a shorter period of time. But in fact, we should uh, we should check in with Andy see if we can uh, we can get him on on the phone. I haven't actually told him we were going to call him, but let's um, <laughs> put him on the spot. Let's put him on the spot. You got that. Uh, Dialing in there. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's see what he's doing. He might still be in the house hanging out with everyone. Or he could be out. Hey, what's happening? Hey, mate, you're on the podcast. How are you? Oh, it's about time I'm on the podcast. Yeah. He's just sitting here doing nothing. <laughs> what, how how you been? As Plushy's here as well and Josh as well. Hey, how you going, guys? Hey, buddy. Yeah, well, you've been replaced apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, uh, we came back and had to play some music, I guess. Yeah, so are you still currently quarantining or are you, are you permitted out yet? Yeah, well, we've pretty much just got the word um, this evening that we can we can head out and our quarantine is finished. So we thought we'd spend the last night here, you know, have a Ooh. bit of a pack up and a tidy up and watch the footy and um, tomorrow pack, morning we'll make pack the up, Pack up and tidy up. I know what that means. <laughs> that means you're about 13 beers deep by now. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So tell us, I mean, uh, briefly about the match. Obviously, we'll go in detail when you get back on it. But good match. Yep. Yeah, it was a really good match. Yeah, uh, Butters have definitely put some pretty, uh, pretty interesting stages together. Uh, quite challenging, but um, but really fun at the same time. So um, yeah, as as you guys have known, Butters, he loves his unsupported sort of sling work, and there was, there was a bit of that. No, no, <laughs> he doesn't love it, but he loves making everyone else do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Too. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really nice, and we did actually get a pretty good turnout. I think there was twenty seven people okay. all up. I wasn't far um, off. Yeah, yeah, and um, it was yeah, it was really cool. It was a bit more laid back, a bit more chill, yeah, but still like really friendly, um, still competitive. But yeah, it was it was, it was really good. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. And so there's a bunch of you all hanging out together, living on top of each other. How do you reckon that would have gone after fourteen days? Just just curiosity. Oh, I think we're just that bit of like group of guys that you know would be fine. Like, yeah, I mean, it's been you're lying. It's <laughs> drama already. Come, come on, give us the give us the goss. <laughs> we're on the, which, the real deal. Which bromance has blossomed, well, and who did you want to bury in the backyard? Come on, <laughs> give, give us the goss. Break it down for us, Andy. Now all of our bromances have blossomed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been communal, right? Have you guys we now? Are. Now, do you guys realise the OnlyFans you started, uh, they, it has to close up by October. So just giving you the heads up. Oh, yeah, so you got a few months. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, we're, I mean, we're making pretty good use of... Um, of phony fans while it's fans. open, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Nothing, nothing. Carry on, <laughs> carry on. Sorry. Well, I was, I was just going to say, we've actually made pretty good use. We were able to get... Um, uh, get some of my cleaning gear and a decapping die and press drops off and that sort of stuff. So yep. we've all like decapped and cleaned all of our brass. And so what you're saying is up. your guns don't need any cleaning? Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't get cleaning stuff dropped off. That'd, that'd be ridiculous. Be there in ten minutes. <laughs> 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 oh well, I guess we got that to come 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 back to and uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's all right. But um, no, I do. I do have an interesting story to oh, talk go. about next time about about oh. cleaning situation. Oh um, yes, yes, you had some challenges during yeah. the match, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, which I hadn't experienced before, so um, yeah, mm. it was interesting. All right. Um, well, we look yeah, forward no, look forward to that lesson next time, mate. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Well, uh, enjoy your last evening hanging out with the lads and making content, and we will uh, catch yeah. up with you in, the, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so this has probably been the most amount of dry fire we've all done ever. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, she's not taking that one. All right, we'll see you later, Andy. You're breaking up. You're breaking up, mate. All right, there we go. Good. Oh, I'm glad they're enjoying themselves. I'm glad they're enjoying. I'm glad you're here, Plushy. You bring another another dimension to the uh, to the discussion. So, um, mate, what uh, we 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 had the topics we were going to talk about. Now, I've forgotten them all. So. Uh, yeah, I, I went to write a list, but then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love the preparation. I love the preparation. Hey, um, so for those who don't know, plus you, uh, plus you shot number of PRS. How many PRS matches have you shot now? Not that many. Not that many. Um, uh, what have we got? Four or five. Minado times two. Yep. Little River Bucking. 
finale. Yep. Four or five. I think something like yeah, 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 something okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you and but you are you're dominating or you continue to dominate at the club level uh, with us. I need uh, to fire this year. I haven't, oh, I haven't been paying much. Oh, I've not been actually. To be honest, the only time I shoot my rim fire now is at the competitions, and it's it's oh, showing. Okay. Okay. So you're not seeing that that uh, underlying effect. I'm yeah. Not sure if I've lost a fire match this year. Oh, just. A little bit of a flex. Maybe. Why not? Let's just okay. stretch Maybe that one, one out. Oh. Maybe one. Maybe yeah. haven't lost the center fire. There's, there's a bit yeah. of a gauntlet down, thrown down to the Monado boys. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right, mate. So you're, you're a good shooter, which is awesome, and uh, I thought we'd uh, ping a few questions your way. But one of the things that, that came up today on, on our YouTube channel, actually, uh, was, it was a comment uh, about, you know, talking to me, they're saying, I see a lot of the range, but... Curious how, how you see PRS relates into the hunting world and vice versa. And I know this is something you've got experience with because you, you like going hunting and you're obviously heavily in the, in the PRS world and quite good at it. Um, I, I'm curious to your thoughts to that question, open-ended, but also you know, have you seen an, an uplift in your skills in the hunting world or t- tell me about your relationship between both of those? Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, that goes back to the beginning of PRS for me. I, I did a lot of, oh, not as much as I don't think anyone ever does as much hunting as they want to, but <laughs> spotlighting and hunting, I did a fair bit of it. Yep. And I looked at PRS, well, in the early days it wasn't even PRS, but yep. um, I looked at it and thought, geez, that's that's pretty similar to spotlighting slash, slash hunting. It's improvised p- positions and it's time critical and all those sort of things. And I, I started doing it and now I don't go spotlighting or hunting and I shoot <laughs> PRS. But um, yep. to answer your question that, it makes me a better hunter slash um, shooter in general mm. because I can build a, an improvised position with not much equipment. I take a, a rifle and a, and a bag of some description yep. and I can shoot off almost anything. And I know I can hit 500 metres and in pretty much every, give or take every time. Pretty consistently. Um, consistently, yeah. yeah, that's the word. Especially, um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, whether it's the top of a fence post or the, st- the top of a, a star picket off a piece of wire or out of the you know, of the you. fork of a tree or across the bonnet or mm. any of those sort of positions that you're likely to encounter out in the field. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't phase me, whereas previously I'd be looking for places to put my bipod down. Where, where can I get my bipod down? Like I'm, I've, got to, I've got to have a steady shooting position. It doesn't even – it doesn't matter now. Mm. Um, and even some of the things you take with you, like now I, you, know, you go bunny shooting and I'll take a tripod with me because it's – it's a really stable position. Yep. Um, and you're up above the grass, you're shooting down into things. It's it's really good. Yeah, so I, w- I would say that it's if you were if you were a hunter or a um, a spotlighter looking to improve your skills, PRS is probably the the best way to do that. I think one of the things that I've seen, um, yeah, like you, I, I particularly pre kids, I shot uh, in a lot. I was, I think. Dutchie and I, who was previous on this podcast, he uh, he and I used to shoot all the time. We would be, I think we kept records of something around 26, 27, 28 hunting trips a year. We were literally every second weekend off mm-hmm. somewhere for either a night, two nights or the full weekend. Or, no, that's two nights. We Could be longer, <laughs> long weekends and that sort of year. We, every opportunity we'd have, we'd bid out foxes and bunnies and, and roo contracts and all that sort of stuff. And I remember, um, you know, Looking at guys coming into PRS and you know whatever it, whatever your skill set is, it certainly builds on it. Um, and so you'd see some guys who've been shooting for you know, a long time. You know they've been on properties and they're in their fifties, and you just see them handle a gun. It's all just second nature for them, mm-hmm. and just they build that position really quickly. And and they they yep uh, and they pull some shots off that you're like, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. And then what I've seen. Um, competition shooting doing just g- generically saying competition shooting it obviously makes you repeat those motions those actions on a regular basis on a really consistent basis and so you are thousands of repetitions further along than if you weren't doing that yeah and so when you the, the way that that plays out when you're hunting is that you close the bolt quicker you get on target quicker you do these things quicker and i i see um i see that you end up with what can take 20 years hunting you build lots of those skills and and be clear the shooting skills because there's other skills with hunting that you don't build doing Mm -hmm. competition um but you build those skills uh a lot quicker in a lot more condensed an environment and then i think that what you talk about there with 
you know, your sort of adaptability because you know you might you might look at a PRS stage in in, in isolation or a, or even a competition and be like, these aren't specifically real world. Like I've never encountered that. While it may not you know while it may not be specifically that way, the um, the the problem solving that you develop and the ability mm. to adapt to a position that is not great or the ability to make a bag work in a ton of different situations uh, and I remember Andy when the last last episode was talking about using a bag like using going back to a single bag and being able to get to really really efficient with a single bag uh, and so being able to sort of apply these these skills that may appear a little bit outside of hunting and spotlighting and stuff but then there's a, there's a core element to them that that certainly has a significant impact on your ability. Definitely, there's and there's the other one you add into it where you start shooting PRS and then all of a sudden your your holdovers and your elevations and your wing calls and all these sorts of things you have to be on top of or you're not going to hit targets. Mm. You go out spotlighting like I go out spotlighting with some of the guys from the club, and I can tell you you don't want to you don't want to mess around when you're <laughs> when yeah. you're out with the guys because if, if you take more than two seconds to get a sight picture and take a shot you're not gonna you're not gonna get a shot yeah very quiet night <clears throat> that's yeah. right you and you really those skills where you know sometimes you'd be out you're looking for foxes and you'd be like you're waiting for the perfect shot you don't need to wait for the perfect shot when you're when it's day in day out what you're doing mm. you're like that's a good shot for me yeah and you take it but then you know like at night time you're like oh how far is that 200 meters you don't have to look oh what's my holdover or do I hold? Do I aim at the ears, or do I aim? At, you know, what yeah. am I aiming at? You just, you just know that. Okay, that's half a mil high, or yeah, something like that. Because you have shot two hundred meter targets so exactly. many times on a on a such a regular <coughs> basis. Yeah, it becomes very, very second nature. And while it's different, we, yeah, we will certainly admit it's a different feel. It's a different application. It's a different scenario. Um, but those core element skills, yeah, can translate over. Even even lately, we've been playing around when we go out. We go out shooting and hunting. Um, quite a few of us have got laser rangefinders now yep. with Bluetooth. We've got Kestrels, we've got Kestrel HUDs and stuff like that, which all helps a lot for the, the PRS shooting. Mm. But now we go out and set ourselves up in a paddock somewhere mm. and you can you can operate as a, a shooter-spotter situation and you've got your laser rangefinder and you're, you know, you're, you're ranging the target and then all of a sudden the shooter's got the wind call, they've got the elevation, <laughs> they've got everything at their, at their fingertips yeah. and you become an effective, an effective hunting team. Mm. And you, can, you can really make some effective... Very effective shots, and it can sound to someone who's not not operating in that world um, that that requires a lot of effort to get to that point. In terms of like, oh, you get out there and you put your mat down, and then you get your gun down, and then you get your you know, connect your Bluetooth up, and then it didn't pair properly. And uh, but but because you, you use this equipment and gear on a monthly, mm-hmm. weekly, whatever basis it might be, um, that all becomes very. Very basic and very natural. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. even going like now we go spotlighting, like I go out with one guy a lot and we'll have the, the passengers got a rifle ready to go hanging out the window. I mean, we've been using our competition rifles lately. Yeah. Worked up a lighter, a lighter, faster load that works that works on um, foxes or rabbits or whatever. Sure. Um, and you've got a you know game changer or something out the window. You've got your target rifle on there. You go over bumps. Like previously, you'd have to hang on pretty tight to your rifle and stuff like that, or you might lose it. But yeah. it just sits out the window and it doesn't it doesn't move. And you you know you you what was maybe not the greatest shot before out of a window. You know you're a bit wobbly now. It's it's three points of of contact. It's yeah. you know you can make a shot at five hundred meters no problems. But when we go out now, we quite often the driver will have a rifle on the back seat, um, obviously safely, but. We'll pull up and our deployment time is so quick that mm. the passenger can get ready and then the driver gets ready and all of a sudden you, you're both shooting. <laughs> it's and that's all because of that that PRSE stuff where you you know you can be ten seconds you're on your rifle's in position you know what you're doing you're ready to take a shot. Mm. You can really uh, it can really improve. Now you mentioned there that you're using competition rigs often for your spotlighting stuff. Now how do you go with the weight of that? Is is the weight of the gun? Prohibitive, or did it have an effect at all that's worth mentioning? I mean, opening gates is not fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Fair but, enough. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you're storing a rifle in the footwell or something like that and moving it between a window, mm-hmm. um, not so great. Okay. Once once it's out the window and you um, you're in position, it's it's better. Yeah. It just doesn't move. It's um, you know you our rifles are really well balanced. Yes. So you can basically just sit there and you can observe. You can take your time if you need to. And and make a good shot. It's not. It's not questionable. It's not. There's no wobble. You're not like. Is this ethical or not ethical at all? It's just you. You take your time. You can. 
you can get a good shot off. All set up now. I know you mentioned that you don't you don't uh, hunt on a on a big regular basis, but mm-hmm. you uh, if you were in a position, let's say you you bought a property or you moved out to a farm or something along those lines, and, and now spotlighting was going to be a, a weekly occurrence for you, for example, and then you're going to step either back a little bit from spot mm-hmm. or from competition shooting, which a lot of the guys at the club would be happy for. Um, but anyway, they uh, <laughs> yeah, let's say you were going to do that, and you were going to now that you. You have had that experience in the competition world. What would you put together in terms of uh, equipment for that? Like, obviously, I'm guessing you wouldn't run your comp gun because there's a few scenarios where it's less ideal, and you're gonna, you know, you're comfortable putting some money into a spotlighting dedicated rig. What would change? Uh, that's a good question. Thanks. It depends on the. It depends on the end purpose. If you're going to be hanging out a window 100 mm-hmm. of the time, yep. There's no reason to change anything. I don't think. Okay. If it's a supported position. Yep. You're going to start carrying that thing through paddocks and then, you know, hunt with a, a hand torch or something like that or mm-hmm. a thermal or something on those lines, um, then a lot would change. Okay. Um, I'd be looking at uh, potentially like a carbon fibre barrel. Okay. Uh, so yep. still heavy profile. Yes. Um, but you've but still got the rigidity that, that comes with a, with a, a, a decent profile barrel. Yep. Um, carbon fibre, stock, lighter scope, uh, that type of stuff, you know, a four kilo, a four kilo hunting rifle that you can then... Um, mm. A bit of a dual purposey type situation. I've got one of those exact things. Okay, um, what's what's that set up? Uh, it's a three hundred wind mag ticker in mm. one of the um, uh, what's Precision Defence Industries mm. carbon fibre stock. Yep, uh, just a stock ticker three hundred wind mag. Yep, that's uh, a bolly bolly stock. That's the one bolly yep. stock. Uh, I've had it inleted to take the uh, the Atlas Works long action, so I can actually mm-hmm. feed a, a proper a proper a, yeah three hundred yeah I shoot. Uh, depending on what I'm doing, but up to 210 grains, and they they feed out of a mag. Sure, yeah. Um, awesome. So that yeah, that's my that's my go to sort of. We were going to go to Victoria before uh, Buckingham <laughs> got cancelled. <laughs> we had comp guns in the car, and we also had hunting rifles. We were going to stay on and go hunting for samba, hopefully. But yeah, so right. That Have you ever through. shot samba before? Never. That was never going to be the first time. Yeah. Okay. First, first attempt, anyway. Well, for yeah, that, no, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were going to succeed, Rusty. I, I believe in your confidence. I believe in your confidence. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've been listening to this little shout out. I've been listening to the Errol Mason uh, interview from the Honey HQ Boys. Yes, they did with yep. yeah with with Errol Mason, who's written in the Secret of the Samba yep. course. Or anyway, that I'll, I'll get it all. The name's wrong, but um, that's been a really interesting. Podcast and mm. learning about about that. So it's, it's a world that I'm not. Uh, all I know about. It's I'm definitely not deep into. And, and obviously, those boys are really, really into it. Well, um, th- yeah, I think they they learnt potentially the hard way. They did. That they're going in with not no knowledge, but maybe the wrong knowledge. Yeah. Um, didn't work out for them. Yep. So um, how are you boys going to go? Well, basically, like you do in PRS, we were just going to buy impacts. <laughs> All of the just, expensive gear, just like it has to happen, doesn't it? <laughs> sure. Now we'd spend a bit it's of time. Work. <laughs> we'd spent quite a bit of time on Google Maps or Google Earth. Okay. And the country we're going to was quite. Uh, it's actually quite thick, especially after being burnt out mm-hmm. um, a year or two, two years ago, maybe twenty. 2020 with the fires. Yeah, Yeah, so a year and a half ago. So, yeah, that was quite – the regrowth was uh, pretty Mm. bad. And we we spoke to um, Borny that has the the precision defence industries, the Bolly stuff. Yep. Got his advice. He's an an avid Samba hunter. Got some advice from him and he suggested that we – the bush is too thick to – to sort of in that area, you're not going to get anything probably further than 30 or 50 metre shot. Yeah. So he suggests you find some clearings – um, scout the clearings and then go and observe the clearings at dawn and dusk and stuff like that. Mm. Okay, that was that was the plan. I don't mm. know if it was going to work or not. <laughs> <laughs> certainly the plan. Certainly the goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think the harping back to your original question, the one thing that I've learned from PRS is there isn't a gun that does everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I've had better success and more probably enjoyment from building a gun for a purpose. Sure. Yeah. And then it's that's what you use it for. If you want to do something else, you go get this one, or you you know, like yeah. that. It's that's really worked well for me. Yeah. There isn't there isn't an, an all purpose do everything setup. I, I certainly have that cus- uh, that conversation with customers quite regularly because a lot of guys are buying their first gun, which is which is awesome. They're trying to they're trying to hybrid a lot of things together, mm-hmm. um, and so you know I, I often ask about you know what are you going to use for. 80% of the time, what are you going to use it for 20% of the time? Yep. And let's and let's build something for the 80% that, that is capable enough to dip the toe into the 20 
that you um, that you could potentially maybe bring this scope across and 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 put a different gun under it, or maybe not not trying to not trying to buy uh, an item for for like this sort of hybrid use bit of everything. Buy something for one of the purposes mm-hmm. and and make it work for both until you decide. I really like this. I'm going to put a gun into that, or I really like sort of yeah rather than ending up with a, an optic that that won't cross you know that sort of it's not good enough for either yeah um buy it for one and and kind of make it work for the limited amount you might do the other one if you really enjoy that awesome go out and get a setup dedicated for that definitely i think case in point was the um the 300 wind mag that i was talking about mm-hmm. that's in the carbon fiber stock it's it's built as a, a lightweight carry rifle but there's an element of long range to that as well. Yeah, you could make um, it work for a few shots without. Definitely, I've, without I've got a an Arkham first focal plane on that, mm-hmm. um, which is a bit a bit big, really for a for a carry hunting gun sure. potentially. Well, yeah. not big, but it's probably but a bit heavy and a bit bulky. But you're not you're also not you're not going out on that sort of side of things too often, are you? Oh, I'm not fit enough to go for a week backpack <laughs> hunt. Like it, I hunt from the car. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but. It's got a first focal plane scope on it. It's got yep. a decent. I think it's it's got a spur mount on it. It's got some decent things on it. You know, I run an Atlas bipod or a Skypod or something like that. We went up to Kai Kai recently. Yeah. Um, doing a bit of load dev, and then I had the three and a wind mag there, and I'm like, oh, we'll see what we can do. I got first round impacts at, I think five sixty and a kilometer, mm-hmm. and a second round impact at a mile. I think. Yeah. Um, That'll work. Second or third. One of the two, second or third. But I got first round impacts at five, six. Within top kilometer. three. Within top three, nothing. For sure. It's a shame about top um, three. <laughs> but, not yeah, and that's <laughs> basically, that's <Yeah>. my motto. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's, it's not what that gun is built for, but yeah. that's what it's capable of as well with a few a few uh, compromises, I suppose. Mm. You know, a little bit, a, a tiny bit more weight. Mm. Good, first, good first focal plane scope. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's what you can do. Fantastic. Excellent, nice, mate. Nice. Um, the yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's an interesting topic to talk about, and perhaps one we we don't cover enough. Where you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people don't see what you know how competition stuff would relate to the hunting world. And while it's not necessarily a direct benefit, there is certainly a lot of benefits that come in from one to the other. And I think certainly I want to address that there is a whole stack of knowledge and skills in the hunting world. You're not going to learn ever at a match or a competition Correct, side yeah. of things, and that is all. You know, it's, it's sort of um, understanding the terrain, how that works with the, the game that you're chasing, and, and all those additional things. Like with many things, there's many dynamics to it, and uh, in the competition world, can teach you how to be very adaptable with your shooting and pulling the trigger and putting around on, on whatever your target may be. Th- but there's other le- there's other lessons to learn. I think so, and I think there's few things that come close to. Uh the, the heart rate and the rush of blood when you've got a you know a fantastic buck in your sights or something mm. like that as to when you're shooting a, a PRS or a time stage and then the beep goes and <laughs> your game plan goes out the window and <laughs> your heart rate's up and you're like, what was I doing here again? You've, that it's, is, it's, it's good training. That is true. And I think, uh, not that I, I haven't shot this, so I talk back into the spotlighting world, which is where most of my hunting has been, but I think that the, the time frames you know, in a PRS match and that sort of thing, often you get to a, a, a fox scenario and you're like, I've got ages. Yeah, because <laughs> like, within seconds you are you know, behind the gun and, and bolt down, and you're on the you're on the thing, and you're like, "All right, well, I'll just I'll just track him until he stops, or I'll yell and make him pull up, or no, actually, I'm comfortable with that shot, and yeah, you know, whatever it might be." And you, it really like I, I definitely noticed the difference prior, and and then after you know, sort of after spending some time doing it, you go, "I've got." I've got so much time yeah. here. Yeah, it can comparative because you're so used to sort of having to make it happen so quickly. Even the follow-up shot um, yeah. is not something you necessarily practice in hunting a lot. But That's, that's in a, true. In a yeah. uh, competition environment, like a follow-up it's shot critical. is, you know, when you, look at a, when you look at a stage or something like that, you, you know, you often get two shots at a target or mm. two shots from a position or something like that and you, you want to hit the first one. But if you don't hit the second one, you walk away disappointed. Because sure. you've got yep. all of the information that you needed from the first shot, yeah. and the second shot should be an impact. I walk away disappointed quite often, but yeah, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, it's great for that sort of stuff. I mean, if you do miss the first one, or you don't get a clean shot, or something like that, you can, the follow-up shot is is yeah. there mm. um, for sure. And I think the other thing is, it's really hard to practice hunting without hunting. Yes, yeah. and you know, I probably I probably fire in the range of ten thousand rounds a year or something like that between. 
between all of the More things that I do. flexing going on over the other side yeah, of the table there. Just, oh, come on. Just come on. Part of the podcast <laughs> is flexing. Right. Um, cool. You can't get that sort of trigger time. Like Some people go hunting and they might fire yeah. 10 shots a year. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't compete with that level sure. of trigger time. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what ingrains it you know, into you. Absolutely. Another another thing that I know you've done recently that I wanted to uh, to ask about was you told me you went uh, PRS shooting or stuff or doing some testing with a pump gun. <laughs> we did. Yeah. So tell tell me all about that. What was, what was going on? So last weekend we were lucky enough. Nick uh, from Ignition Custom, mm-hmm. Dave and myself. Well, Nick got sent the uh, the gun, but WFA are uh, the Warwick Firearms are now now making the um, for the lever the uh, what you call it. Straight, straight, straight pull, straight pull, straight not pull. lever release. Thank you. Okay, the straight pull, the WFA one, I think it is. Oh, so they, not not pump action. I've missed that up. They were well. Nick makes a kit that. Oh, that's the, the what Ford, I'm thinking of. The Ford yeah. Assist Bolt something or other, the Farbar kit. Some name. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah. Um, so they've done two to threes up until now. Okay, and they're about to release a uh, a three oh eight. Right, I think it's got about a sixteen and a half inch barrel. Okay, and it's also got a one in nine or nine and a half twist. In okay, that's alright. So it's good for some yeah. heavies. Yeah. So uh, Nick's got a. I think he's got the first production model or the first pre-production model that's yep. been made. Yeah. Asked to do some testing and see what it works, how it works. So he, he let us know beforehand. We went out to the range and we bought some some three oh eight ammo for other things mm-hmm. to see how it works. Not factory. This is target stuff for for target rifles. Sure. Um. Yeah, we put on a put on a red dot to start with, and decided to run some PRS stages and film it <laughs> with a red dot. With a red <laughs> dot, um, how'd you go? We didn't embarrass ourselves. <laughs> Is that because you guys were the only one there and no one filmed it? So therefore, no, it was yeah. Well, it's on video. I don't know if Nick's <laughs> oh, okay, going to release. So, yeah, it's all so it's all been videoed. Yeah, so right. I expect some, some of the uh, highlights might make make their way to the uh, to the internet. Josh, has only fans got a stance on guns? Is this? Do some research. <laughs> Do you mean like guns or <laughs> <laughs> more flexing going on from Plushy yeah, yeah. over there? Yeah, well done. Um, so yeah, we decided to run a whole bunch of PRSy type stages uh-huh. to see uh, to see what this thing can actually do, mm-hmm. and we were genuinely surprised. Went, went all right. Yeah, it went very well. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of like in like in terms of accuracy or in terms of feel and speed or sort of overall, um, it kind of we were surprised with. The works actually so okay. um, to start with with the uh, the red dot we were nailing um, pig size silhouette targets at three hundred meters, okay. which is not not small. It's not worth. You're talking a um, solid size target, but also it's the, not. The red dot was about four m away, so it's not a uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know it's not a, an easy thing where you could hold. You could favor left or favor right of the pig sort of thing. Sure. Um, so yeah, we were we we're consistently hitting that. Um, Nick took his Gen two razor off of. Uh, one of his rifles and whacked on there and we started um, impacting at 500 metres and consistently impacting at 500 metres. And mind what, you, Like into what sort of range? Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a ram um, at yep. 500 metres and okay. then we've got a gong that's about 500 millimetres-ish. Okay. 500 metres. Yeah, so it's, okay. not, it's not tiny. Not, not yeah. It's not, not tiny. Crazy, but, but yeah. Um, we're talking a rifle that's had no load development or anything like that. Done like it. Okay. Just basically throwing factory rounds through it. Yep. Um, and it was, yeah, we all sort of weren't <laughs> taking it seriously to start with and then we started getting impacts. And <laughs> Did it start going a bit quiet? You're like, oh, hang on. We started, yeah, we started getting a little bit competitive going, oh, hang on a second here. We can actually hit <laughs> Wait, you, you're getting p- competitive? No, not at all. <laughs> with Nick and Dave uh, Taylor? No. Not at all. No, you um, guys wouldn't be like that. No, it was, I was, um, I think Dave and I were discussing that I didn't know I needed one of these things <laughs> today. <laughs> but for, a, you know, a, right. a, a pig rifle or something like that for out the back of a ute or something like that, you you couldn't go wrong. Yeah, well, I guess horses, of course, isn't it? Is it like that's what you're going to be expecting it to do. And if it can shoot pretty solidly mm-hmm. by the sounds of it in that environment, it will be um, yeah, it's obviously yeah. contender. De- yeah, definitely. We, we messed around with it a little bit and... Um, made a few little modifications to make it run faster, and we started doing the you know the three shots in ten seconds type thing, and we were oh, getting right. yeah, yeah at, at five hundred, at three hundred, we were messing yeah. around with that okay. with the red dot. It's a more sensible yeah, distance with to the red be dot doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, we were getting three shots in sub eight seconds, that three impacts in sub eight seconds, right? Um, and that was shot. You weren't just like stacking projectiles in front of the <laughs> just trying to <laughs> shoot them in one go. No, okay. yeah, it turned from a, a bit of a, a goofy session into a bit of a uh, a bit of a serious what, session. What can we achieve? Yeah, what can we actually do here? That yeah. um, was yeah, it was good fun actually. Um, yeah, nice. We got a few randoms pulled in that had never. I'm I'm one of those. I put my hand up in the air that I'd never used a um, 
and AR style anything before. And, yep. you know, I was goofy with mag releases and bolt, you know, bolt carrier releases and all sorts of stuff. But after half an hour or an hour of, <laughs> of using it, it seemed pretty familiar. Yeah, okay. It only weighs about three and a half kilos maybe. Yeah, right, okay. So we, yeah, we right. put a sling on it and I'm a terrible sling shooter if anybody knows. <laughs> seen me shoot a, <laughs> shoot a sling, I am useless. I know, uh, anyone riding Monado matches, sling stages, that's how you're going to get him? That's going to stop him from winning a centrefire match? S- side note, I posted in the uh, in Butters, um, the Northern Territory Practical Rifle yep. Facebook page. Yeah. I read the matchbook after I decided I wasn't going and Butters, I really, COVID did me a favour because I was <laughs> not going to do well in that match. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, can't yeah, I can't wait to hear back from Andy about that match. There was, yeah. but yeah, back um, we did a couple of sling stages, and I was getting a you know six, seven out of ten impacts, which I do not do with a sling normally. It was mm. I was actually genuinely surprised. Mm. Fantastic, yeah. It's it's nice to um, that's Australian made, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It's yeah, good. It it's good to get hands on with that sort of stuff and hear how it how it's going. Um, because obviously, for people running. Yeah, big guns and that sort of. Yeah, they're not they're they're not super cheap, are they? They're like I mean, they're, they're not I th- stupidly I think expensive. They're low three thousand dollars. Okay, so they're thing. they're a yeah. fair investment, but for for a well made gun, that's not ridiculous. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I, I haven't had much to do with them. I've not shot them. That before. was my first. Yeah, that was my yeah. first time. Yeah, I've seen them and handled them. They look they look nice. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I think having the, the option to use the um the uh, straight pull or the uh the Forward assist. So is it, it turns it basically into like a pump action. Basically, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're sort yeah, of so you can use barrel. either or. Yeah, and yeah, you can right. depending you can, on depending sorry. on your position, you can have your hand forward and use the pump, or you can use the um. So you can have both action. both sort of setups attached. Yes. And you can use either yes. without interference. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, that sounds. We even put one of Nick's. What does he call? Oh, he's the real the, story, Josh. The turtle. Oh, we even we even got the. Oh, what does he call those? The, the, his bags. I Boris. The Boris bag or the turtle bag. Tortoise, or whatever, tortoise bag or something. Yep. Attach that underneath the uh, the pump mm-hmm. and tried. Yeah, it was it was fun. Wait, <laughs> so onto the handle? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you've got this big heavy bag. Is the hand? Are you just like pushing on the barricade and pulling it back? Yes. Yes. That's, yeah, exactly, okay. that's exactly what we did, and we were. <laughs> I think at that point we were looking at the we were doing the PRS skill stage two. Of course stage. you were, yeah, on a solid barricade that doesn't move. Yeah, and the bags right. going to be they're really <laughs> heavy bags and they they're not going to move at all. But, but the back of the rifle the does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like. We it. had good fun. We felt like teenagers. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them used before in quite a few videos, and yeah. they they just look really cool to play with. Mm. Like I've mm. seen them. I, don't, I can't remember where, but do some run and gun type stuff running through the field, and you can just hammer away with them. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and especially now in three hundred eight, you can actually start to use it on something yeah. a bit bigger. Well, that's it. The two two D three works really well for some smaller stuff, but I think I think in those pump or straight straight book sort of options, a three hundred eight's a heavy hitter for pigs. Mm-hmm. You know, pigs and and potentially some goats, although they seem to be worth a bit too much these days. But um, uh, <laughs> but some pigs certainly that's a that's a pretty pretty sweet setup. I always wanted to um, years ago, this pre PRS, just generally when we're starting in the long range side of things. I always wanted to build a three hundred wind mag pump action off like a Remy uh-huh. 7600 or something on those lines just to see what yeah one of those just to see what we could do type projects well there's there's a I think it's a Vernie Karen yeah rifle which is a lever another release one. yeah another one they do those in 300 wind mag yeah right I yeah. think Oh, I'm not sure. I have lost all interest in it, I'm by not the way. Sure <laughs> I'm not picking the project not, up now. I keep looking at those. Every now and again they pop and oh, that would be fun. <laughs> really <laughs> expensive, but fun. I, I wanted to put like big, long barrel. I wanted to see like if we could get it to precision rifle type, quality level type, you yeah. know, really, really nice. I think off the back of the fun that we had, but the results that we had, mm. um, work firearms are now, I think they're putting together one with a heavy 24-inch barrel. And it's wow. being sent down to um, Nick in the next few weeks. Okay. And we're going to go and uh, we're going to go and have some fun and see. <laughs> I think we're going to go up to Kaiko is the plan and see uh, see what you see can if achieve. we can get this thing out to a mile or not. Yeah, that'd be that'd be mad. It's, it's just because I mean that starts throwing out the um, yeah, in terms of like a pig gun, obviously too heavy, too big a barrel. It's not really the the, the feel of it. What what was it like from from a balance point of view? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, yeah. we, we're using eight to ten kilo rifles often enough as competition <laughs> guns. And yeah. Okay, so anything's going to feel amazing. <laughs> oh, man, it felt so good. It was just like my arms aren't falling off after three shots. Um, no, it was it was actually really good. It was well balanced. Okay. Um, put the sling on it and you can lock it in. You can lock them in pretty tight. Um, it had a break on it. Yep. And it was it was really – I would have put a, 
I don't know, 120, 150 rounds. <laughs> okay, okay, so you're over the course. You just had the a really good session then. Oh, we, yeah. we put maybe 350, 400 rounds down it without touching it. It was pretty hot, <laughs> and it it kept it. It was fun. Fantastic, man. Nice, yeah. nice. Very good. So, um, move, moving on, moving on, because the, the, the um, straight pulls are, are interesting. But while you're here, I wanted to take the opportunity because you, you, you're one of the, the better shooters kicking around, certainly in SA, one of the really good shooters. Um, some stuff that you've learnt this year. Now, this year has been a bit of a patchy year. Obviously, no, no big or well, no big comps and not very many small comps last year uh, into a year where – and you won the championship of the club last year despite my best efforts of throwing you off in the finale. I haven't forgotten which you, that. Which you t- <laughs> have, we co- have we covered that on the podcast at all, Josh? I don't think we have properly. All right, so – I'm sure. I'm sure we've talked about it, but you're, you're here now, so we'll revisit right, it. But yeah. the, I think the the finale came up for the club last year, and you couldn't be beaten. I think is the. I think you're right. I think yeah. you, you was far enough ahead that there was no there was no way. I don't think anybody else had oh, enough that, wins. And, to, and that's yeah. the other. Yeah, that's the other thing is we we had scaled back with the finale value. So that and that was prior to you. It was just a match win, and wasn't it? Was it? Basically it wasn't a double a, match or something. Yeah. There was no additional points yeah. on there. And I think we you know, thinking back, we probably would have changed that. But but anyway, you got to a point where you couldn't be beaten. And so therefore, um therefore it was a bit of a null and void match for you. So I thought to try and keep it interesting and try and for me for to test you and make you work harder, every stage had a uh, a caveat to it. And it wasn't Directly targeted at you, <laughs> it was randomly targeted by varying uh, varying things, and depending <laughs> on what car you drive, with the license plate that you drove, you had, or whether or not you worked for a particular company or not, and and so if you worked for this particular company, you had thirty seconds less for your stage, or if you drove a particular car, you would have um, you would have to shoot the further targets, not the closer ones, and 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 so it just and somehow. All of those little caveats to every stage with the extra thing all lined up for you to shoot it. It's amazing, isn't it? It was it was phenomenal, and so you probably ended up with about a thirty or forty percent harder match than others to try and push <laughs> push you, uh, and you didn't come first. <coughs> I think I came about fourth. Fourth was it? Yeah, it wasn't by many points. This is sort of a result that I would remember, so I do yeah. remember that. But anyway, that that was twenty twenty. It was good fun. You took it in your stride. You did yeah. well, and and I remember you saying to me a couple of days after you dropped my house, my place one one day about a week after, and you looked at me and you're like, I could have won that, couldn't I? And I said yes. I, I, I said oh, everything was written so it would make you work for it, but everything was still mm. available to you. And you're like, should have tried harder. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember. I, I I had fun. Yeah, but I I didn't take it too seriously. And I got to I got to the end and went, if I'd actually taken that seriously, I still would have won. <laughs> well, like, I'm, I'm glad you did because it gave some confidence. <laughs> but anyway, the, the point being, so that was 2020. There's not a lot. And then 2021, obviously, we're gearing up for a good year. We had the first PRS match in there, and we've shot some matches through. But I'm curious to know, sort of, you know, you had that build up to a to a new series, and then it's all the series has sort of been on the edge the whole time mm-hmm. through. Just that. That carrot dangled in front of us, um, unobtainable though. So far, um, has there been some stuff you've learnt this year or that you've implemented this year that you've you've actually found has been, you know, that you've discovered or something new that that's been had an effect on your shooting? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, so again, you no know premise on any of these questions previously. I think this. there's a couple of things that um, probably two major things. One, I've I haven't got all of the gear, but I've got a lot of the gear. Okay. Um, yep. And I've really, I've really tried hard to, to not get to a match and go, I might use that, mm. as opposed to going out and today I'm gonna I'm gonna train with, you know whether it's, my, what we call them cheetah plates or gamer plates or anything <laughs> like that or, or my tripod or one of my bags or anything like I've really, you know, I'm gonna train with that today, okay. and then when I get to, when I get to a stage and I'm like I want to use that that and that. Yep. that it's it's not like how they're going to work together or something like that. It's It comes as a bit more of a second nature. So uh, just, just to interrupt you quickly, which is obviously the best way to run a podcast, um, <laughs> you, you talk about, so you might train with this for a day and then you train for that day and then when you get to a comp, you're like, oh, we're on these three items together. Do you train with those three items together? Do you, do you, I, do you train individually and then also like combine the stuff? I do, yep. but I've, I've found that um, singling out an item mm-hmm. – um, to become intimately familiar with it, yep, makes it 
easier to throw in a random combination on the day to, to overcome an obstacle or something like that. Sure. If, you're, if you don't have to think about it, if you just know the bag flipped on this angle or the tripod leg at this angle or yeah. anything like that is, is going to help me here, mm. that makes a huge difference. Um, I've kind of focused on, you know, we can use tripods for things. And a lot of the, the trouble you have with tripods is you've got to deploy on the clock or they're, they're, they're time heavy because you, you know, it takes time to move them and things like that is, sure. is speeding up the things that I can speed up so I can use the tripod as a rear support or something like that to make, to make steady positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I've been doing, uh, really, really focusing on the last, only the last probably six weeks, I've never been a holdover person with my reticle. Okay. Um, I've always, every opportunity, if I can dial a stage, I'll dial a stage. Yep. And I've really dialed it back. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I got it. Did, did Josh, did it? you pick yeah. that up? Keep it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've sort Hold of on. been um, not letting myself dial and forcing myself to hold over. Mm. And it's, it, it's actually really opened up my eyes to how much time I wasted dialing. Mm. Um, okay. It's really, really um, sped so things this, up. This, this is another topic actually has come up on TikTok recently. We've been engaging with a lot of shooters on TikTok and it was about the holding and dialing uh, dialing question. What what causes you to uh, to make a decision that you're going to hold or dial for a particular stage? Is there a particular rule you follow? Um, previously, I would almost dial exclusively mm-hmm. and go, okay, if I only get seven shots off my ten shots off, I'm going to get seven good shots. Yeah. And the the I guess the drive or the the motivation to be more competitive, you know, we're talking about at the pointy end, five points over a hundred and sixty point weekend is the difference potentially between first and fifth or something like that. Absolutely. So yeah. looking for ways that I can I can get a couple of those points to to be more competitive. You know, how can I shave time? How can I have more time to get those last three shots off? Um, that's been the driver for me to. Um, Go. What can I do? And I started practicing holdovers, and all of a sudden now I'm feeling confident. Of you know, you finish a stage with 15 seconds left, rather than burning the burning the time down on a on a club match, mm. which I know is going to equal more shots off at a at a higher level of competition. Sure. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so you are you holding everything now, or when when would it make you make sense for you to dial? So my my general rule of thumb at the moment is. If I'm shooting a set distance, okay, I'll yep. dial. Sure, there's there's no reason not to. But if I've got, it it all comes down to time. If I think I've got time to get all my shots off, yep, and dial, I probably would. Mm-hmm. But if it's if you're like, mm, that's a bit tight on time, there's three, we'll, four, five target distances. We'll go that quickly. I'm like, okay, cool. And then especially when the target sizes are a little bit generous, mm-hmm. um, that's good. I mean, I also I run a tremor three. Okay. And every time, um, you know, you go to a PRS match and they say, oh, this is a no-dial stage. You're like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> and then, you you know, I mean, I know what my, my wind dots on my Tremor 3 mean. They, you know, they yeah, equal yeah. 70 miles per hour and all this sort of stuff. How much? 70 miles per hour. 70 miles per no, hour. 70. I said so many. Oh, so, <laughs> so I, th- many. I thought you said 70. I heard I 70. I'm like, I have not well, – I mean, combination, I've not seen that reticle. That sounds amazing. Two <laughs> – what range are you shooting at? <laughs> and three, why isn't the comp cancelled? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, that, and then so many miles. So many. Yeah, I just can't talk. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, but you do it, and you're like, you'd send, you know, you shoot at say 500 meters, and you there's two wind dots covering the target, and you're like, oh, that's four to eight miles an hour. If I send it, that's bracketed over the target, mm. and you get an impact. Or if you miss, you've got instant feedback to tell you approximately mm. what miles per hour. You know, equivalent at ninety degrees, it is. Yeah, and I think I should I should be practicing that. I never did, and more recently I've started doing it, and mm. it's really really good. It's quick. Yeah, is what it is. Huh. And that and that I mean, people often often hear quick and they think less accurate. But what you are doing by by saving times on stuff that is secondary to pulling the trigger, you can get on target and pull that trigger with as much time as you need to make that perfect. Because you're not spending it in other areas. Yeah, I think my uh, my philosophy is I won't pull a pull a shot on a at a target I'm not happy with. So if it takes me five seconds to get a good position, I'll take five seconds. Yeah. Um, so it's the difference between getting some of my shots off versus all of my shots off because I've got that extra time to take to take the time to get a good position and to get a steady shot and yeah and break a good break a good shot. Mm. Okay, interesting. 
Now, I'm sure I interrupted you about 14 times um, about some of the stuff you'd also learned, but uh, you talked about like practicing with a particular item for a day. You talked about getting really comfortable with holding. Was there anything else that's sort of been key this year? They're probably the main things. Okay. Yeah. I've started doing a little bit of dry fire practice. Okay. Started. Started. So it's not something you've done much no, of? Never. You should go into no. quarantine with Andy. <laughs> Apparently that's all they do. Yeah. Um, it's a really good – it actually gets – the number one thing I found was I didn't have a particularly good trigger pull. Hmm. So you'd, you'd be on and then you'd, you'd pull the trigger and it wasn't on the target when you finished, when you finished your follow-through. Interesting. Which was something I that I wasn't aware of. You've got backgrounds in, in F-Class. You've got background in Air Rifle, if I remember correctly. No. No, that's Greg Hamilton. Yes. Okay, yes. who got you into show, back into shooting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm mixing up two, two, two backgrounds there, but they're, they're slightly connected. But you've got a background in F-Class. Yeah, which is no, no rifle contact, no shoulder contact. Right, you, you touch the, uh, the the style that I shot. You you touch oh, the trigger okay. and you don't. So yeah, you don't touch anything. That's right. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. So yeah, now that you're gripping the rifle a lot more, that trigger perhaps is, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Which is something to be a bit aware of. Mm. Um, there's no, there is no. Did I, did I break a bad shot? Was that a bad load? The wind get me or anything like that? You you pulled a good shot or a bad shot. Mm. Fantastic, man. Excellent. What are you What are you looking forward to? What's next on the cards for your shooting development? Oh, just, you know, entering matches and... Winning and, them. And, and, and then getting refunded matches and getting T-shirts. <laughs> you know, paying for flights oh, and yeah, getting PRS refunded 2021. Yeah. And paying for accommodation and luckily getting refunded yeah. accommodation. Yeah, yeah. Just, just putting some... Just loaning some money out and having it come back. That's right. Yeah. I'm getting a really good T-shirt collection. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. I feel like we're going to have to have two t-shirt releases: the uh, cancelled across the back, and the, uh, <laughs> we got to run one. I think I think we need to invest invest in a stamp, like yeah. a red cancelled stamp that, as the shirts go out, we can stamp stamp the shirt. <laughs> yeah, limited edition cancelled version. Yeah. Mm. What else have I been doing? Spending money on things, anticipating I was going to shoot, <laughs> and then didn't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's been a, it's it's been a. Uh, a battle. We, we'll hope we, we will get there eventually. Hopefully, take take some time. Yeah, some time. We'll get I there. think we focus on uh, club level matches in the meantime mm. and absolutely make the most of those. I think there's plenty of talk amongst the guys that if we can't shoot national level, we're going to shoot plenty of of state level yeah. type stuff. And yeah. I think there's talk. There's already talk of a couple of one day matches or mm. things like that later in the year, which will be good. Perfect. Good way to be. Mm. Absolutely. Excellent. All right, Plushy. Well, thank you very much for coming in and actually like talking some sensible stuff that people can learn rather than whatever Andy and I normally dish up. Um, <laughs> say, it's been a very different podcast. It's been a lot, lot like I've learned stuff. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.